Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, it has been a, a hell of a weekend for teams that we root for. Has it? In the worst way, it has been a hell of a weekend. That, that, that sounds better. That sounds a whole hell of a lot better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's just only the Mets have done well this weekend, and they, have only, and they only played two games. Well, with your, uh, with your choices, with all of your teams put together, the Mets being the only one means you're batting 200. My, with my choices, I, I'm batting zero. I'm not even below the Mendoza line. I, I am, I'm nothing. All my right. teams blow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, kinda. I mean, the cow. Well, the Cowboys didn't play, and Arsenal hasn't. Arsenal hasn't hasn't played. You know, the Rangers haven't played. The Cowboys yeah. haven't taken the field yet. Disappointment. But it's bound to happen. Bound to happen. I don't know what sort of shaman I need to go to to uh, reverse this uh, sports hex that is surrounding my uh, my stratosphere right now. Well, I mean, really, was, the past 11 years. Yeah, I mean, I was saying to Bert, even teams that I, like, tangentially root for, like, casually root for, like the Maple Leafs, are, give me pain. Even I think the teams that I'm rooting for, just they beat teams I don't like, those teams aren't even doing well. So yeah. I think what I need to do is, what I think what I need to do is just back the rival teams. I think that's what I need to do. So, let's go Islanders. Oh, God. Let's go next. really... I really hope somebody doesn't take that out of context. On the Nets bandwagon. On the Islanders bandwagon. You doing that reverse jinx? Really, I sh- what I should do is put a $100 future bet on the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup. That's really what I should do. Just to sort of protect myself. Where if they win, if they do win the Stanley Cup, I'm winning some money. If they don't win the Stanley Cup, I'm poor. But at least they didn't win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, also, like, fuck Harold Ballard. Because clearly what he did in his life angered some sort of hockey god. And that is why the Maple Leafs cannot do anything. Oh, the Maple Leafs. Oh, uh, a... look, I, I, I got to say, though, Carey Car- Price, I have him in my closet for a reason. I mean, that's really weird to say. I have his jersey in my closet. Okay. I'm just... I... Uh, just... You're sick in the head. What? No, you're sick. Well, not even about that. I, I just thought that you like trapped him in. When you say it, when you say it like that, you're like, oh wow, Carey Price is here. I took him from. I went all the way to Toronto. Well, currently there are travel restrictions that that keep me from going to Canada at this moment in time. So unfortunately, I could not have gone to Canada, kidnap Carey Price, bring him back to my home, and kidnap him in my closet. I could not do that, unfortunately. Right. So instead, but, I, just, I just have to have his jersey in there, which, which, which is totally fine because that, that half jersey I have is quite nice. As much as I hate to say it, I mean, if Carey Price wasn't injured in 2014, then we probably wouldn't have gone to the Stanley Cup final. Nope. No, we wouldn't have. Because Car- Carey Price is he's one of the top three goalies in the league. It's playoff Carey Price. It is playoff Carey Price. That is true. That 
That next series, though, Carey Price versus Connor Hellebuck. Oh, my God. Oof. Get ready for a lot of 2-1, one nothing, A lot of overtime games, probably. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. But let's go Islanders. Yeah. It sounds horrible to say, but you know what? I'll take one for the team on this one. Okay. Love, I mean, love, love the Coliseum. Great, great place. It'll be better when it's when it's rubble. Fair point. Because UBS Arena looks so nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm already going to a concert there in uh, in December. Really, that's cool. Yeah, that'll be my uh, my first concert in year and a half probably well no that's not true that's not true because i'll be going to a concert beforehand but i won't actually be inside i'll be on the water but that'll be my first concert i'm actually inside the building yeah i mean they're probably they're not going to demolish the coliseum they're just gonna it's just gonna have concerts in it most likely i mean it'll be better if they just destroy it first yeah but like put a mini mall there well, they're already putting an amusement park at the Source Mall. What? Yeah. Ew. That's disgusting. Uh, crazy. That's hard. I mean, what do we need? Like, whatever. Anyway, we've gone on long enough. Adam. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. So this weekend. This weekend. Last last thing, we, we move on swiftly. Okay. So this weekend, I was well, I was just scrolling through the uh, the television channels, just trying to see what was on. After watching, after I shouldn't say watch, after binging Big Brother, and you know, just scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through looking for something to, uh, to 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 watch. And you know what I found? Is it either Deadliest Catch or Revenge of the Sith? No, and no. What is it? Hint: It is your favorite movie of all time. My fa- wow, it's my favorite. Or at least your favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Oh, it's Empire Strikes Back. Ding, ding, ding. It was the last. It was like the last hour of Empire Strikes Back, and I, and I sat, I sat there and I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so right? wonderful. Well, I mean, the last hour is the best part of the movie. The last hour is the entire movie. The entire movie, and then afterwards. It was like a Star Wars marathon. So after that, they did have uh, Return of the Jedi. But it, it, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, if I stay up and watch Return of the Jedi, I'm not going to bed until 1.30 and I need to sleep. So I unfortunately didn't watch Return of the Jedi, which shame on me. I know. It's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you enough to do this, to not just leave the podcast, to leave the call right now. <laughs> I do greatly appreciate that because we do have tight ends to talk about. Cause I, I could, we listen, if we had like a sports talk show where we talk about everything, we could talk about everything that happened this weekend and how ridiculous it is. Cause there was a lot. If we had four hours to kill, then we could just yes. go on tangents. Adam, you, you know what? If we actually had four hours to kill, we would have no problem doing it. No, we wouldn't. Would have no I would have problem. I would have a problem doing it myself because I I can't talk for I don't know how people do it where they just talk <laughs> for four hours straight. I don't like myself enough to hear myself speak for four hours. I mean that's why you have callers, but like in interviews, 
but I feel like I can't, I just can't do it. I can't do a show by myself. It's hard to do a show by my by myself. I need somebody to bounce off of. That that's a place that's resorted for the absolute madmen of society, namely namely Chris Russo and Mike Francesca. Yes, but I mean, there. I mean, some of the hosts that I met at work, you know, they they're able to do it pretty pretty efficiently because they have to like themselves. Yes, I don't like myself. Well, so I like I myself. Have to bounce something off of well, I'm not going to say that. I do like myself, but I just <laughs> oh no, I I hate myself. I have to bounce something off of somebody. Otherwise, within a half hour, we'd be like, okay, I, this is fucking terrible. Yeah, but I I mean, one of the funniest things, I promise this is the last one. The funniest things in the world is, I don't know if you saw Michael Malone's press conference after the uh, Nuggets. And yes, I did. Yes, game, I did. Yes. Where he basically said, he basically called his team soft. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's no silver linings to getting your ass kicked in the playoffs, which is amazing. He's not wrong. He is from Queens. And I was like, he's got to be from New York, right? Oh, yeah. As when I said it, when I listened to the press conference, I was like, he's got to be from New York, right? Oh, yeah. There's there's only few human beings on the planet that will be able to talk as frankly as that. Those people are not from Denver, Colorado. That's just just a heads up. Those people are probably from Chicago. They're probably from Philadelphia. They're probably from New York. They're from Boston. That's about it. Yeah. That could speak frankly. And, On the other, and, and, yeah. and Texas, for the most part. They don't meanwhile, sugarcoat much. Meanwhile, I was listen, like listening to like Quinn Snyder talk is so boring. He's oh, he's like, he's like listening so to boring. Trying. He is like listening to paint dry. It's always fun imagining what a coach is like yelling at his players in practice. And I cannot imagine Quinn Snyder yelling at his players in practice. I wonder what uh, Tom Thibodeau yelling in practice at uh, Julius Randle over the course of the last week has been like. It must, must have been a grand all time. I mean, it's basically like having the uh, the professor of the dark arts I mean, I need to go to a Quinn shop. Snyder I think... looks like Professor Snape. Julius with, a, <laughs> with hair gel. <laughs> Snipe. 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 Severus Snipe. 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 Dumbledore. Ah, childhood. I've never watched Harry Potter in my life, but I do remember that video very well. I think a lot of people remember that video, and I love it. Oh, it's so great. Singing our song all day long at Hogwarts. Hermione. Anyway, so let's move. Let's actually move on. Harry Potter. Ooh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. (laughs) Let's actually move on to, to the main topic, and that is tight ends. See, we, we don't even need mailbags. We can just fill time on our own, Un, unprompted. We need we need to empty this mailbag. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So as far as tight ends are concerned, I only have a couple because, I mean, geez, there really isn't a lot at this point. Um, 
because tight ends are such a it's such a shallow position. There are some interesting ones, certainly. I mean, one is this is more dependent on the fact that we haven't really heard any news about Zach Ertz. And these are two guys that are in kind of similar situations where they're the new guys on the block. They're kind of like trying, they're looking to establish themselves over the players that were the number ones. And that is Dallas Goddard at six and Kyle Pitts at seven. I want to backtrack for a second and I want to address what you just said in terms of tight end being shallow. I disagree. I disagree. I think if you are, it, it just depends on what your philosophy with tight ends are. If you want to have one of the top ones, then, yeah, obviously you're going to get a, a Travis Kelsey. You're going to get a George Kittle. You're going to get a Darren Waller, and you're going to be relatively happy with that, with the price that you're paying. Travis Kelsey will probably cost you a late second round, early third round pick. Odds are, just rounding it out. But draft day, would it surprise me if Kelsey goes mid-second? No, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Late Kittle first. will probably go early third, mid-third, and then Waller will probably be mid-third, late-third. So if you're willing to, if you're willing to take the chance on one of those guys, then by all means, you know, go for it. But let's say you're not in the market for one of those guys. And I would say, congratulations, you are a smart human being. And you're looking at the later guys that you could probably pick up, pick up late in the double digit rounds. You're probably looking at guys and I'm just looking at my own ranks here. You're probably looking at guys like a, you're probably looking at Tyler Higby. You're probably looking at a Hunter Henry. You're probably looking at a, I guess maybe an Evan Ingram, if that is appealing. Probably isn't. You're probably looking at an Irv Smith, who, I mean, hopefully we talk about Irv Smith because, my God, do I love him. I love him more and more by the day. And if you really want to go late, you really want to go late and you want to draft two tight ends, you can go Tyler Higby. And then if you want to take a guy that has some upside, you take Cole Komet. And you just see what that offense in Chicago turns out to be while you're having a stable piece in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford. So I disagree. I think there's a lot of really, really good tight ends that you could get late. But as we've seen in years past, we said the same thing last year. I feel like we I I had this conversation with you, Adam, and then with the listeners time and time again last year. We all said, oh, yeah, tight end is the deepest that it's been in years. And it just turned out to be the same pile of shit that it normally is. But. There are guys that have tremendous upside late. It just depends on what you're looking for out of the position. If you're looking for floor, there are guys out there, but they won't necessarily give you that ceiling. If you're looking for ceiling, there are definitely guys out there late, but they won't necessarily give you that floor. So it's risky going late, but it obviously is the one that won't bomb your team completely. If something happens to one of the top tight ends, let's say Kittle gets hurt again, you know, and you take Kittle in the third round, that that, that kills your team. It's true. That completely kills your team. So, who were the mean, guys? The risk. Who were the guys that you were uh, comparing? Was it Goddard and Pitts? Yes, it was Goddard and Pitts. Okay, and they were where? Goddard was at six, and Kyle Pitts was at seven. Okay, all right. I have I have Goddard at seven, and I have Pitts at nine. So I would rather have Goddard. I don't love Goddard particularly, but I think you know, in an offense that is really void of true consistent pass catching options. Goddard is fine. I also just think that, you know, I'm looking at Kyle Pitts as well. And I just say to myself, yeah, he's 
it wouldn't surprise me, you know, when I've Goddard at seven, Pitts at nine, if that's flip-flopped come draft in terms of tight ends taken off the board. If Kyle Pitts is the tight end seven, or even if he's a tight end six, that wouldn't surprise me one bit after Andrews, Hawkinson, and then the top three. If you said to me Pitts is going to be the tight end six off the boards, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be remotely surprised. I mean, I have two things on that. Yeah. One is what the heck is going on with Zach Ertz? Why haven't they traded him or are they looking to trade him? So I actually got an update about that uh, over the weekend and, and very, very good for, uh, for bringing that up. I mean, I completely forgot about it and I was going to talk about it on the podcast. So, uh, so thanks Adam. That's see, this is what happens when you bounce things off of each other. Well, that's the thing also is that, you know, we, I don't know how to say this. We complete each other in that you way. Complete me. You complete me. We fill each other's gaps in our knowledge. Ain't that the truth? So yes. here's what here's what I've heard about Ertz. Uh, there are three or four teams that are interested in Ertz. The problem is, is that Philadelphia's asking price is still high. It's still going to be a mid round pick for Ertz. Are the Jets, one of them. The Jets are not one of them. Fuck. The Jets are not one of them. Uh, I've heard that the Indianapolis Colts are one of them. Obviously. I've also heard this is this is a surprise one that. The Texans are one of them, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are another. The Jaguars oh, one makes a lot of sense. Oh, Zach Ertz in that offense? Wow. I mean, where would Zach Ertz go if you could say he's number one tight end in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence? Given his track record in the past, people are going to judge that past performance and say, oh, Zach Ertz is back. He'll be a top 10 tight end. Oh, yeah. Well, at least he'll be drafted as a top 10 tight end. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He he right now is my number 23 tight end. But he'll, I mean, if he's, yeah. He would probably jump into my top 15 to start if he is in Jacksonville, then just assessing numbers and going and going from there. But basically, it comes down to their teams that are going to be offering late round picks for Ertz. And you then see there were four teams. They were in. They were interested. Four teams, three, three or four. I only heard. I only heard three. Okay. I didn't hear who the who the fourth one was, but you know, it, it, teams are going to hold out if Ertz is really hell bent on leaving Philadelphia. Then a deal will get done in in due course. I think it's really going to take Zach Ertz not showing up to training camp or something like that to try and force a trade, but. You know, we'll see. Zach Ertz loves Philadelphia. He has said that he never really wants to leave Philadelphia, but it is a business. He wants to be paid like a uh, like one of the top tight ends out there. And it's it's going to be interesting given in the given this past year, he definitely was not the top tight end that we remember. So it'll be interesting. But right now, Ertz, it's like three three or four teams just coming down to there's around a. There are teams that are offering as much as a sixth round pick. Philadelphia is trying to hold out for like a fourth, which Philadelphia is not getting a fourth round pick for Arts. I'm sorry. They're not. I mean, the Jets can't just give it, can't just give a, a fifth round pick for Zach Ertz. I such agree. a such an incredible buy low candidate. Yeah. And, and the Jets would, have so much cap space and he would be great for, for Zach, for Zach Wilson. He would be. He would be amazing for Zach Wilson. I don't know why Joe Douglas is not on the phone 
with Howie Roseman right now. His old buddy. Yeah. His old buddy, Howie Roseman, the gift that keeps on giving. All the blocks are lining up. Everything, everything's lining up together for this trade to happen. And it looks like Joe Douglas doesn't want to dance. Well, I mean, it, look, it also come, It also is probably going to come down to Ertz is going to get traded and he's going to be signed to an extension. That is the other problem is what would you pay Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz thinks he's worth X. There are teams out there based on last year that think Zach Ertz is worth Y. So it really just comes down to dollars and cents with, with Ertz. But Jacksonville Jacksonville, and Indianapolis are the two spots that I would just go, oh, maybe mouth-watering, mouth-watering spots. But with Goddard, Goddard is one of those guys for me, and I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm the only one in this camp, Adam. Maybe you can uh, say if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Goddard's just not someone that I gravitate towards at all in drafts. He's just someone that I overlook. I don't really want a huge part of this Philadelphia offense, but if he's by himself, he's going to have appeal. Well, I think that's what fantasy pros is expecting with the, with the uh, number six ranking. They're expecting that Dallas Goddard is, Dallas Goddard is either going to be by himself or he's, or Zach Ertz is just not going to be in the picture. So that's why they're ranking him sixth. My second question is, Involving Kyle Pitts. I mean, do you think that Kyle Pitts can be a top five tight end by the end of the year? Ooh. Mm. He can be. He can be. Will he? Probably not. It's good. It's good. It's going to take an injury for, for one of the top five guys. Or just a severe, severe dip in performance from, from one of those guys. But the, the ingredients are there. If Julio is gone, which, you know, we're kind of going down that avenue. We actually have a mailbag question about Julio, which we are, uh, we're going to get to after we talk about these tight ends. If, if Julio is gone, then, then yeah, Pitts definitely has an avenue to being a top five tight end. He does. Okay. Would I draft him as such? No, absolutely not. No. Well, that, again, I mean, that, that go goes ahead, go without ahead. saying. Yeah. Well, it's true because he's not currently he's not. And I think being so um, just being ahead of it, being so speculative about Kyle Pitts and, dra- and spending high draft capital on him when you don't even know if he's going to be a top five, 10 end is not is not the right move. Well, it, it comes down to what we've talked about a thousand times on this show. It's drafting a guy where you know there's going to be expected growth or drafting a guy at his peak value. You're dra- if you draft Kyle Pitts as the fifth or sixth tight end off the board, you are drafting him at his peak value in year one. 100%. No questions asked. Well, you're, not, get, you're not yes. going to get any growth from Kyle Pitts drafting him as the fifth tight end off the board. No way. No way. Unless you absolutely stone cold think that Kyle Pitts is going to be a top three tight end, there's no way you're going to get any growth from him drafting him as a number five tight end of the board. There's no way. I think I've come up with another rule 
the second rule of fantasy football <laughs> is don't draft a player at his ceiling. I mean, that's that's always been a rule that I've had in my back pocket. I think I've I've, I've only said that rule about a thousand times. Yes. Don't now it's, draft now it's him at his ceiling, please. He's also a rookie. Yes. I mean, don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. Now it's all. Now it's been codified. The first rule of fantasy football is minimize risk, and the second rule of fantasy football is don't draft a player at his at his ceiling. Third rule of fantasy football: volume, volume, volume. Yes. Please, I beg you, don't do it. Don't we'll do it. Ten. Let someone else make that mistake for Pitts. Please. We'll have a Ten Commandments for you by 2022. We, we will put together, when, when we finally get our website going, we will have a Ten Commandments for fantasy football. All right, my next uh, tight end showdown. Hold on, before you, before you do that, okay. I just want to get a raw reaction here. I'm just, I need to look at ADP right now for Pitts. All right. So Kyle Pitts, his ADP right now on Fantasy Football Calculator, a great website. He's being drafted at the 10 7. That's not bad. No, that's really not bad. That's not bad. I I was expecting a lot worse. I like that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a whole hell of a lot worse. I don't mind that. 10-7 for Pitts, that's fine. But, 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 the fantasy football community always reacts. People are going to see Kyle Pitts being drafted in the 10th round, and they're going to start taking him higher and higher and higher until you get to silly land with Kyle Pitts. And, and, what? people are going to do during your drafts because of course the way people mock is not the same as when people actually do a draft people always say oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna take him i'm gonna take him and what do they do they don't take any of those guys or they take those guys higher than where they could have gone because they're afraid when they're in a live draft that they're not going to get those guys on the way back. So they reach. Yeah. Bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, do not draft Kyle Pitts higher than you are willing to accept him not panning out. That's my advice. Yeah. I mean, that goes for a lot. That goes for a lot of players, but yes, it's true. It's not a loss. If he doesn't pan out, if you, draft him at a spot where you're okay with a guy not panning out. You draft him in the eighth round, odds are you're going to want some production from that eighth round pick. If you draft a guy in the 11th, 12th round, you'll say, oh, okay, it was 11th, 12th rounder. Not a big deal. Odds are they're off your roster by week two, week three anyway. So just have that expectation of where you're drafting him and how okay you're going to be if Kyle Pitts doesn't pan out based on what round you're taking him in. It's true. I mean that that applies for for a lot of players. Basically, yeah, <laughs> almost every player at this yeah. point. Yeah. Aside I mean, from like, so you know, if you first if, round. if you want, don't take Christian McCaffrey one overall. Take him in the fourth. Take him in the fourth round if you can. And if he doesn't pan out in the fourth round, then you're fine. 
listen, are you, are you comfortable uh, missing out on Christian McCaffrey? And, <laughs> you know, you can just don't just pass on him and take, take Alvin Kamara. Take Kamara. Take Kamara if you don't want McCaffrey. I won't. I sure as shit won't. Hell no. You, you, you can do that. We can just take your you know, free money. Christian McCaffrey, you are the love of my life. Christian McCaffrey, I'll let you shag my wife. Christian McCaffrey, score me 400 fantasy points. That was actually pretty good for a thing that you just made up. Thank you. I actually, I actually, I have to give, I have to give the Evertonians some, uh, some credit. I actually based that off of the uh, Marouane Fellaini song. Oh. And we love Marwan Fellaini. He's a great guy. Have you no, seen the reports? No, I do not like Marwan Fellaini. Love him. Great guy. Have you seen the reports? The reports that he's going to be coming back to Manchester United? No, 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 no. He's going to Everton? No, 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 no. What? My friend may be the new manager of Everton Football Club. But they haven't sacked Carlo Ancelotti yet. Carlo's going to Madrid. Wait, what? Yes. Like right now? Yes. Oh. Carlo Ancelotti is going to Real Madrid. Okay, then. He's leaving Everton. Everton need a new manager. And one of the guys that they are considering is... Thierry Henry? Oh, my God. Really? No way. How funny would that be? No way. How funny. If my man, my guy, Steven Gerrard, goes to manage Everton, I'd be the biggest Evertonian in the world. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that a Liverpool legend is actually a, a, a closeted Ever, Everton fan. This is ridiculous. These accusations are absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I am not an Evertonian. I am a Liverpool fan. I've been a Liverpool fan all my life. I played Liverpool for almost 23 years with no Salah, Sadio Mane, Robbie Fowler, Fernando Torres. Check the pictures. Is anyone Evertonian? Please. That's ridiculous. Check, check the pictures. <laughs> That is absolutely ridiculous. Check, check the tapes. Carragher, you're an Everton fan. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. You're as much of an Everton fan as Harry Kane is an Arsenal fan. Oh, yeah. I've been an Arsenal fan my, my entire life. They're, they're a great football club. They're a great institution of football, but I love playing for Tottenham. I love scoring against them in North London derbies. And now I've realized that Tottenham are absolute shit. And uh, I can't wait to uh, go to Manchester City and, uh, and, win, and win titles. That sounds like Harry Kane. Harry Kane does not speak English. He speaks English, but I can hear he, he speaks like he has Marvel. He's like, he sounds like Marlon Brando from The Godfather. Yes, that, actually, Adam, that's a very good comparison. He does sound like Marlon Brando from The Godfather, one of the greatest films of all time. Yes, it sounds like he has cotton balls in his mouth. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Harry, if you want to come to Arsenal, we will accept you with open arms. If you want to come to Manchester City, we already let Sergio Aguero go to Barcelona. We'll we'll accept you. We can throw Gabriel Jesus off a cliff if you want. Jamie Carragher, what do you, what do you think about all these uh, all these news about Harry Kane going to uh, Man City? Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's actually quite shocking that Pep Guardiola can go into a European final without a holding midfielder, and expect to win the game. When you have Chelsea playing as resolute and wonderful football. But now Pep, Guardiola, now Pep Guardiola is going to go into the transfer market. 
and he's going to go spend 150 million pounds on Harry Kane. Is that really what Manchester City need? Is that what they need to rebuild their squad? They need a 150 million pound striker? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, when Chelsea's playing, when Thomas Tuchel is playing like Sam Allardyce. Hey, it's a winning formula. They're playing like the 20th place team in the Premier League. Listen, all I know is that the roles reversed. You would want Man City to do the same exact thing. Five at the back, not letting anything fucking go through. Breaking faces. Fuck it. Fuck Antonio Rudiger. Fair. I, I, I pray to God that Kevin De Bruyne plays in the Euro. I pray. I pray, I, mean, that I was, pray, that, I pray. That was awful. Hey, we are a week away from the Euro. I know. We are a week away from the fucking Euro. It's coming home. I, I would be okay with that. I, 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 have, I have my teams. I have my teams that I want. You know what's crazy? The England national team's World Cup drought is ju- is almost as long or longer, actually, than the Maple Leafs' Cup drought. Because they That's haven't crazy. won since 1996. I mean, 1966. That's crazy. We have – so I think – what is the tournament kickoff? It's the 11th? I think so. The 11th. Well, I know it's uh, Italia and Turkey. Where is Lo- it this year? Um, I think it's I think it's the ones all over Europe. Oh, I think. Oh God, if I can if I can actually name all the spots off the top of my head, I'll I'll be a fucking genius. I think it's so. I think it's like. Okay, I, I'm just gonna list them out. I'm, I'm not even gonna count. It's Rome, Baku, fuck that place, Saint Petersburg. Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Bucharest, London, Glasgow, Seville, and Munich. I think I listed them all, so it's 10. So they're playing at Wembley, the, the Stadio Olimpico, um, Celtic Park, whatever stadium that they played the Europa League final in a couple years ago in Baku. Yeah, the Olympic Stadium in, uh, in Baku, yeah. Um. Man, they're going all the way to Florida, huh? St. Pete, yeah, they're going all the way to Florida. <laughs> yes, uh, St. Petersburg Stadium, I think, and I think in Amsterdam, that's the one that I know of off the top of my head is uh, Johan Cruyff. Yeah, the, the Cruyff Arena. Great guy, great yeah. guy. Almost, almost managed Arsenal. Fun fact. Really? Yeah, yeah. When um, we, when uh, Bruce Rioch was uh, was fired, we were. All in on uh, Johan Cruyff to become the next manager of Arsenal, and Johan Cruyff turned us down. And that's when some young Frenchman named Arsene Wenger stepped on the scene. It kind of worked out. Kind of worked out. So thank you, Johan Cruyff. Anyway, so um, how did we get here? I don't know. I never know. And we still have a mailbag to do. Christ. Yeah. My next tight end showdown, two guys, two young guys who just had their, the guy, the people who were blocking them on the death, on the death chart, they left, they left for greener pastures and other teams, maybe not greener pastures, but other teams. Irv Smith Jr. at 12 and Tyler Higby at 14. 
Uh, it's like Sophie's Choice for you. I'm I sure. hate you. Because <laughs> I love them both. I really do. I, I, I love them both. I have Irv Smith at 12. I have Higby at 13. So for me, it's Irv Smith. But it, it, that's really close. That That's like, you know, you, you're, you're splitting hairs on that one. I think the, the main difference is I think Irv Smith just is in line for more targets than Higby is at least, you know, on, on the surface because there's obviously less mouths to feed in Minnesota than there are currently in Los Angeles. I mean, if you really think about it, it's almost kind of the same is you have that star running back, you have the two receivers and then the tight end. So, I mean, it, it actually is kind of the same. And if you, and if you look at what Minnesota likes to do on offense, they want to run the ball more. Whereas LA, I think they have more of a philosophy of they want to throw the ball. So really, you know, it, it, I'm going to change this on the spot. I, I want Higby more. I like Higby more. I like Higby more too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to change that. Higby will be 12 and Irv Smith will be 13. I talked myself into that. See, this is what happens. You just go through a lot of a lot of trial and error. And I've gone back and forth on that one a lot because I, I, I love both. They're pop, They're very popular breakout picks. I mean, Higby is like post-hype, I guess, a post-hype sort of sleeper. And then Irv Smith is just a breakout pick that a lot of people are, are starting to, to zero in on. Good Good news is that everyone on this podcast who is smart and listens is ahead of the game when it comes to Irv Smith. They're also ahead of the game when it comes to Cole Komet. Right. And they were, and they're basically a year early for Tyler Higby. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, in, in, in 2019, he put together the end, the end of season run. That was ridiculous. Right. And then in 2020, he won people I mean, championships at the end of 2019. Yes. He won me a championship in 2019. So I owe Tyler Higby a whole hell of a lot. He he won me a championship. Right. And then in, and then last year, um, he had the situation where it seemed like Gerald, Gerald, Gerald Everett just kept stealing targets away from him yep. and yardage and touchdowns and all that. But now Gerald Everett's in Seattle. Exactly. And Irv Smith Jr., I mean, he came into the scene. People were kind of interested in him when he was a rookie in 2017. But Kyle Rudolph was there. And now Kyle Rudolph is in New York or New Jersey. Do you remember the number two to uh, to Tyler Higby's name? I asked oh. this before. It's um, oh, crap. It's Bryson Hopkins. Very good. Very good. Adam. I was about to say it's a weird it's a it's a weird name. I know it that. is a very weird name. We also have some breaking news. Okay, what's the breaking news, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen? This is uh, this is truly a groundbreaking moment on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Probably the biggest piece of news that we're ever going to break on this podcast. Truly, I don't believe you. Truly. Fantasy Pros has given us a tight end. Nice. Yes. We it's, have a tight end. Nice on Fantasy Pros. We do. And, and, and hey, Adam. Yeah. That's what TV plays for. He plays for the Falcons. He plays for the <laughs> <laughs> Remind you of anybody? No. Not really. <laughs> Can't think of anybody. Logan Paulson. <laughs> 
Oh God, the show's gone off the rails. We're gonna be off the air. We're gonna be off the air. We'll be fine. Oh God, I have faith. People love us for our tangents. If you've been listening for this, if you've been listening this long, you have to know what you're getting into. If you've gotten here, you have my unbridled joy and respect. If you've been listening to us basically since the fan, the required radio fantasy show, you have to know, you have to realize you cannot be surprised when we go on weird tangents about things. You nope. can't be. No, one of our best tangents ever was about Hot Tub Time Machine and The Godfather. Yeah. When it sounded like we were drunk, except it, we were recording <laughs> at like 12 in, the, 12 in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could we could have come from a uh, from a uh, from a bar at 9 a.m. A darty. It could, it could have been a darty if the darty started at like 10 a.m yeah sure only weird i mean can you imagine i've never even been to one of those a darty no oh darties are fun darties are fun they're they're a grand old time but the problem is you're just you're just comatose for the next day because you've been drinking so much that that next day when you're just in bed and you're awake and you wake up and you have like that screaming fucking headache and you have to ask yourself, my fucking God, why did I just make the choice that I just made? I'm a horrible human being. I will never drink again, Lord. Make this fucking headache go away. Until you just go and drink that night. <laughs> and you just continue the cycle all over again. I miss college. <laughs> college was a great old time. Who would you, who would you rather have, Adam? Would you rather have uh, Irv Smith or, uh, or Tyler Higby? I'd rather have Tyler Higby. Okay. Because I saw what Matthew Stafford did with TJ Hawkinson. DJ Hackysack. And I think that maybe not to the same extent, because I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not predicting Tyler Higby to be a top five tight end here, but I think that Matthew Stafford can really do great things for Tyler Higby. And this goes back to what we were talking about just what sounds like 20 minutes ago. With Pitts, where you're drafting him at his ceiling in terms of production. Higby, you're drafting him at his floor for production. Tyler Higby is like I said, he's my tight end 12 now. Fantasy pros, they have him as tight end 14? Yes. Okay. Odds are Tyler Higby probably in the situation that he's in in Los Angeles is probably going to outperform his current ADP at this at this moment in time. So he finishes the tight end 9, tight end 10, bam, you get value out of that. It's a great pick. Exactly. It's a great mean, pick. You're picking Tyler Higby in a double-digit rounds. If Kyle Pitts – if Kyle Pitts – is going in round 10, then Tyler Higby is going way later than that. I agree. And you're getting a crazy value. Yeah. Crazy value. Yeah. You're getting you're getting someone that, you know, I, I'm, I don't even think Tyler Higby is a guy that's going to be, you know, I'm not talking about Ty, uh, Tyler Higby as a locked in, you know, tight end one on most weeks. But, you know, if you're telling me that his floor is going to give you say 65 catches, maybe 700 yards and five, six touchdowns. It's pretty good. You'll take that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to look at looking at his stats over the past two years. I mean, his 2019 was, was amazing yep. where he had 734 yards, but only the three touchdowns, but still, still though. And uh, 69 catches. Nice. Nice. But uh, last those year, touchdowns, that t- those touchdowns really came late in the year. That that's the stretch that won people fantasy championships. Exactly. 
And then last year, I mean, the touchdowns went up, but the catches and the yardage went down. So he had 40, he only had 44 catches. He had 521 uh, receiving yards and he had five touchdowns. And that was only on 60 targets. Also look at who his quarterback was. Right. Things change now. This is a new ball game. Oh, the times they are a changing. And the thing about Tyler Higby also is that he also averaged a higher yards per reception than he did in 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, if that number stays to where it is or even goes down to his career average of 11.1 yards per catch, yards per reception, then he could be in for a really, really solid season if the targets go up and the catches go up. Yeah, the the advanced numbers suggest that there is room for the receptions to return to the mean. Maybe, Maybe his yards per catch go down a little bit, but like you just said, Adam, and you, you, you read it out perfectly, his his advanced stats suggest that there is going to be, like I said, return to his normal mean where he'll be in the line of, like I said, he can get you 60, 65 catches. Maybe he'll get you even better. He'll get you nice catches like he did in 2019. He'll be great. You tell me you can get a, a 69 catch tight end in round 13, round 14. I mean, hell yeah, you take that all day. Excuse me, excuse me. A nice catch tight end. Yes. With nice catches. Well, my last one, as I go back to, here we are. I think, hmm, it's interesting. It's very interesting because there are a lot of, a lot of different options. I mean, I could definitely stoke an old rivalry between teams and say, oh, these two guys are coming back from injury. How are they going to do? And say Blake Jarwin versus Zach Ertz. But I think a lot of people would rather have Blake Jarwin in that scenario. If Zach Ertz stays in Philadelphia. If he stays in Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have Jarwin. But if Zach Ertz leaves, I mean, is that close for you? Depends on where he goes. Let's say he goes to... Jacksonville or Indianapolis. Oh, he would he would blow Jarwin out of the water. He would be he would be rivaling Evan Ingram for my tight end fourteen. Okay. He'd be above. He would be above Gronk. He'd be above Komet. He'd be above Janu. He'd be above Hunter Henry. He'd be he'd be a top fifteen tight end. You know what? You just gave me some inspiration for for my last one. And this is a question that I've asked rhetorically, like every time we talk about tight ends. If you dare ask me Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry, I will kill you. Okay, never mind. Oh, ask it. This is one this I, I we actually had a few mailbag questions on this, so this is this actually works. Okay. Are you sure do you promise that you're not gonna kill me? I promise that you will live to see another day. Okay. Good enough. What the fuck is going on with New England? John is Smith or Hunter Henry? Oh, God. I mean, this is just a train wreck, isn't it? It is. This so, is just a train wreck. Fantasy Pros 
has Jonas Smith at 15 and Hunter Henry at 16. So they are back to back. Exactly where I have Exactly. I have Johnu 1500 at 16. But they're they're interchangeable for me. I mean, they're probably both they're no more than 50, 55 catch guys for me. I don't think there's going to be one that really takes the lead in this tight end room. I think they're going to be producing pretty equally, unless of course there's an injury. Then, you know, there might be. They, yeah, there might be. There might be because Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith both do not have exactly pristine injury records. So, you know, if one of them go down, then there's definitely value with the other tight end that's healthy. But if they're both there, they're probably going to be 50, 55 catch guys. I don't think either one of them is really going to be a massive touchdown guy. If I had to pick one that I think is a touchdown guy, I think it would be Janu, which is why I have him at 1,516. I think if there's one that's more of their vertical threat, one that's going to be more of the yardage, the high yardage guy, more uh, yards per reception sort of guy, I think that's Janu. But if you're looking for the one that might be a bit more consistent with the receptions, with the better hands, but won't necessarily get you the yard, I think it's Hunter Henry. But, you know, that's a guess. That really is a guess. No, Nobody really knows what this New England Patriots offense is going to look like. So for me, the best advice that I have is just stay away from the Patriots. If you're in this range and you're thinking about Jonu or Henry, take Evan Ingram. Just take him. I know it's horrifying. But you know Evan Ingram is going to be the guy. And I think Evan Ingram is actually a very popular bounce back just because there are more weapons now with the Giants. You have Galladay there. You have Kadarius Toney. You still have Sterling Shepard. You still have Darius Slayton. There are weapons in that Giants offense. You bring back Saquon Barkley. How the fuck could I forget that? So Evan Ingram, there are the, there are the ingredients there where he's not going to be just so heavily covered like he was last year, given he was the only guy really for that Giants offense that could really do a thing. Now that you have more bodies with the Giants, I could see Evan Ingram having some fantasy value. But if you're between Ingram or the Patriots guys, take Ingram, just take him. Yeah, I feel like with with New England, like they barely used any of their tight ends. Every time I asked when we did our previews and reviews, like, oh, so what do you think about the tight ends? You're like, eh. Basically, you were just like, eh. I mean, that's how it is. Well, that's kind of how I am now. <laughs> well, yeah. But now it's a more high profile, eh, because now the Patriots have two name value, name brand tight ends. Who they spent a fuck ton of money on to try and go and get. But, I mean, I feel like New England, at that point, it's like, you know, you buy – like a let's say you buy like a waffle maker, a waffle iron. I like waffles. Yes, but you but maybe you don't eat waffles at all the time. But when but that first week, first month that you buy the waffle iron, you want to justify your purchase. So you use your waffle iron a lot. So I think early in the season, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to want to use John Smith and Hunter Henry because they're like, well, we got these guys. They're well, not waffling. Yeah. Well, how about how about Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne? You could put them to the uh, to the waffle iron uh, analogy too, right? And they well, we we have these these players. We spend all this money on these players. Fuck the running game. We're just gonna pass a thousand times. Yeah, 
James White is like, thank God I left this place. Oh, he's back. Oh, yeah, that's right. James, James White in the corner. James, James White. White Fuck, I'm back. Fuck, I'm back. James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkett are all crying. Like, we just want receptions. I think Rex Burkett is gone. Oh. I think well, Burkett's, Burkett's gone. crying too. I think it's uh it's Damien Harris, it's Sonny Michelle, and it's James White. I have no I have I don't even know anymore. Fuck it's a lot know. it's a lot to keep up with. So bottom line, please do not draft the Patriots, guys. Just don't don't do it. Keep them on your radar in case one goes down, but don't go out of your way to draft them. On the bright side, this is the easiest year. For my no Patriots policy. It is. This is the easiest yeah, year. It is. Adam Caster, no Patriots allowed. I've never had a New England Patriot on my fantasy team, ever. That's a shame because you missed out on Tom Brady. Is it though? Oh my God, Tom Brady. Tom Brady in his prime Patriot years. Oh my God, he was such a joy. Well, I wasn't playing fantasy football at that point. Oh, he was either. He was a fucking treat to own in fantasy. Oh my god, he was awesome. He was awesome, awesome. All right, so you want to uh, you want to get to this mailbag? Yes, mailbag. What's your first question? So, first question. This one comes from Adam. It's not from me. No, it's not from you. It's just from Adam. Adam, would you like to say something to your fellow Adam? Welcome to the club. <laughs> so this this is the Julio question. Mm-hmm. So Adam says, God, if, I feel like I'm talking to you in the third person. It's a little, it's a little strange. Not going to lie. Adam says, with the rumors of Julio potentially going to Seattle, what would that do to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Whew. Well, frankly, when I saw that, I was like, well, I mean, I think the Tyler Lockett might be in the package for Julio Jones. That was my reaction exactly. So That was I, my reaction exactly. I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I think that, yeah, I think it means that Tyler Lockett is probably going to be going the other way. Unless... You know, John Schneider is an idiot, which I don't think he is. Well, well, let's just say we'll do both sides of the coin. We'll start with Seattle have a three-headed monster receiver. Julio, DK, Lockett. How would you want them in order in PPR? God, it's see, I mean, Tyler Lockett is a very, 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 very distant third. That's pretty clear. I don't think it's that distant, but well, he's third from Julio and DK Metcalf. Russell loves him, though. Yes, Russell loves him, though. But I still don't count on him being there. I mean, they all would take hits. They all would take hits. I don't think. I mean, I'm just looking at my ranks. I mean, I have DK as my DK right now is my wide receiver seven. He wouldn't be there over. Definitely not over Brown, not over Ridley, not over Jefferson, not over Thomas, not over Allen, not over Allen Robinson, 
not over Terry McLaurin. He would probably be my wide receiver 13. DK. So here's something that's funny. The wide receiver 13 on Fantasy Pros is actually Julio Jones. There you go. Julio Julio right now is my my, my wide receiver 15. He's still... They'll still be top 20 guys, but, you know, I don't know if I really want to do the whole try and pick the right guy in Seattle when they barely let Russ cook, you know, that that yeah. sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, you're seeing a five-spot drop-off for, for DK Metcalf, and honestly, I can probably see that too. I don't know. If that's the case, then what is that? Then how how far is the drop off for Julio Jones? I guess that would be the real question. He'll be a top twenty guy. He'll be a top twenty guy, but he'll be drafted in the range of. I mean, just looking at my ranks, he'll be in the range of CD Lamb, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, uh, Mike Evans. He'll be he'll be in that range. He'll be in that okay. range, and then and then Lockett. I mean, God, I, I I don't even know where I have. I have Lockett as a top 24 guy. Lockett would probably still be a top 26, top 27 guy. But who, who would be in that range instead of being near um, instead of being near Brandon Ayuk, being near um, being near Kenny Galladay. He'll be closer to guys like uh, like DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, T. Higgins. He'll be closer to that range. Okay. Yeah, closer to that range. I agree. It's going but, to be interesting. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's going to be interesting to see. So, well, now let's that? do the opposite. Say Tyler Lockett is part of the package. Say Tyler Lockett is in Atlanta. Julio is in Seattle, and it's Julio DK Lockett Ridley. Now, what does it look like? Oh boy. I think Metcalf would say where he is. Metcalf would be a top 10 receiver still. Julio, I think, would still be a top. He, he would drop. He would be a top 15 receiver for me. Lockett would get a bump, I think. I think, I think Lockett, Lockett would, would be a top 20 receiver. He'd be close to it. He'd be really close to it. I, I would have a conversation of Lockett versus Cup for sure. And then for Ridley, I... Do I think Ridley drops if they add Lockett? He would drop a couple spots, but nothing. He'd still be a top 10 guy, but he wouldn't be. I would have Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas over Ridley. He would be pretty. I think he'd be back to back with DK. You know, I'm thinking as I'm thinking through this, you have Atlanta who's constantly. They're not like adding. I mean, they added Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts in the draft, but they're not adding a new receiving weapon. They're just trading away their old one. Correct. So it's not like there's another person in the offense. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's, what it's going to be like for Calvin Ridley, but I think he might, I mean, you're right. I think he's probably going to, he might drop down a little. Yeah, he he would drop a little, but it's not enough for me to say that, oh, I wouldn't want Ridley. I would still want him, 100%. He'll still be great, but I just would have him lower than other guys I think would be a more surefire thing. Right. Okay, so what's your next question? So the next question comes from 
Paul. And Paul says, I have a dilemma in my keeper league. I need to keep two. Two. Let's keep dose. Two. Patrick Mahomes in round five. AJ Brown in round eight. Hold on. I need to uh, just look these up here. All right. So we have Mahomes in round five. As so what I did for these very stupidly is I decided to try and put these on the laptop. So I just have a separate screen with all the with all the questions. And then I ha- I usually write them all out. Didn't write them out. I'm an idiot. So here I am just trying to write them all out. So we have Mahomes in round five. We have A.J. Brown in round eight. We have T.J. Hawkinson in round 11. And we have Corey Davis in round 15. He needs to keep two. He needs to keep two. For me, that's easy. Yeah, it's easy for me too. I mean, I would keep the two mid-round guys. Brown and Hawkinson? Yeah. Yep, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I mean, I I, I like Corey Davis in, in round 15. I think that's good value, but I mean, you're talking TJ Hawkinson, top five tight end. You're getting him for an 11th round pick. That's great. And AJ Brown for an eighth. I mean, that's superb. That's yeah, superb. It's a steal. Yeah, it's a steal. And if you and if you really want Mahomes, you could draft him in the third, fourth round again. I mean, you're that's not really a huge gap that you're uh, you're biting the bullet on. I mean, you got Mahomes in the fifth. That means you probably had him at like a tenth or eleventh round pick. That's very good. That's good. that's very good for you, Paul. Good drafting. Okay. Good next drafting. next question. This one comes from. Mike. Mike says, in dynasty, in dynasty. Okay. Who would you rather have long term? CD Lamb or Terry McLaurin? Ooh. It's a hard one. It's a really hard one. Mm. I think. Oh God. This is this is very tough. I'm going CD. I think he has a more surefire thing at quarterback. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to go with the, I think, I don't know. It's since it's so close, I'm just going to go with the opposite for the sake of argument and say Terry McLaurin, because I think that he is, he has a more solid position as the number one in the football team's offense. Okay. That's fair enough. It's fair enough. All right. Next one. This, this comes from Shana. Shana says, I was offered two second round picks to trade back in my rookie draft. I'm picking at 11 overall out of 12 teams. Should I do it? Yes or no. Two second round picks. Two second round picks. Yeah. To trade back. I think it depends on where the picks are. It wasn't, it wasn't put in. Um, I would say, you know, if, if those second, if you was a second round pick, that's in the top half, you do it. You do it. I think it also really depends on who's there. So I would wait, wait until the draft is going on if you're allowed to do that. Because I know some some leagues are anal about you know you can't make trades during the rookie draft. If you can, wait until you're on the clock at eleven. Go back to that owner, see if you can get more. If you can't, you take it. Unless unless there's a guy there you really like. Unless you think you know if you like Michael Carter, say, and you like him at eleven, you take Michael Carter at eleven. But if you think the value is good enough, you take you take the trade. Take the trade. Get your two second round picks. Done. Yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I, I I listen. I think I think it's I think it's very solid too. I think it's a very good return. 
I, I don't think anybody will uh, will complain about that. And you'll still get, you'll have two opportunities to uh, to make some future picks. Unless unless a second round pick is a next is next year, then then there could be an issue. But if you have two second round picks this year in this rookie draft, then I think it's definitely more worthwhile. Yeah, I definitely mean, more worthwhile. As the question was written, it seems like that's a good trade, but we need more specifics to really answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think if you're telling me it's two second round picks this year for your 11th overall pick in your rookie draft, I would do it. Well, I that's the it. thing. Cause it's not specified. Right. Right. It's, it's not, it's not specified, but I, I would do it. All right. Next one comes from Trevor. Another keeper question. This is a doozy. Okay. I don't know how he has all these guys, but Trevor, good for you. Would you rather keep Joe Mixon in the sixth? Joe Mixon in the sixth. Okay. Antonio Gibson in the 11th. Cam Akers in the 13th. Ready for this one? Yep. Justin Herbert in the 15th. What? He's only allowed to keep one. One? One. Oh, well, now I see why you asked us. Yeah. This is, I mean, first of all, good for you. I hope you won a championship with this team because holy Hannah. Mixon, Gibson, Akers? That was your running back core last year? Jesus. Who was drafting well, your team? Bill Walsh? Well, with Mixon, with Mixon, you kind of got screwed, but at least you had Gibson and Akers. Like, seriously, this is like this is like Bill Walsh. This is yeah. a Bill Walsh team. This is very good. Drafting. That's a very good core players to choose from. I'm between two. I'm between two. I'm between Akers. I'm between Herbert. Yeah, me too. I mean, that Herbert pick for fifth for fifteenth. That's nothing. That's I mean nothing. Yeah, I honestly I'm leaning more. See, here's the thing. This is like this is a question about you know which position is more important in fantasy football. Also. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like the value is so good for Herbert, but you'd rather have running back. Quarterback, right. Exactly. I'd ra- I, I I would rather have Acres. I would also rather have Acres, but it's really close between That's him and so Herbert. So close. That's so close. Because Acres, you're talking about as a you throw Acres back, you're basically going to be taking him at the turn of round one, round two. With Herbert, you're basically saying you're going to take him in round. You could take him in round five, round six. Right. So if you want Herbert again, you could just take Herbert. But the value is so good. And then oh. you and then you can you have such a good you have such you're starting your draft off with basically like a 10 foot head start. Trevor, now, here, Trevor, yeah. here's what I would do. Take your sixth round pick, trade it to one of your league mates for another keeper, and keep Akers and Herbert. Yeah. That's what I would do. It's a good that's a good shout. Take a, a mid-round point. pick so that way you can keep Akers and Herbert. If it's a seventh. Do it for the seventh. You say the seventh round pick, you were going to take a quarterback anyway. Bam. Take that seventh round pick, trade it for a keeper. You take Herbert and you keep him. Done. That's what I would do. 
It's good. That's good. That's what I would do. Um, let's see. Uh, we have time. We could do two more. Okay, let's do two more. We can do, we can do two more because I like the mailbag show. The mailbag show is fun. Oh, it's great. It is a grand old time. All right, this one comes from hmm, where is it? Ah, okay. This one comes from Nick, and Nick says, "Are you guys okay with taking Trevor Lawrence above round ten? No, nope, I, I, absolutely not. I mean, think about it. You're taking if worth saying that you're going to be getting Justin Herbert in like the fifth or the sixth, then that can kind of color your your." color our opinions about where we would take Trevor Lawrence. Yep. If, if it's a dynasty league, it's one thing. Startup dynasty league, it's one thing. But if it's a redraft, no. No, do not take Trevor Lawrence above round 10. Don't do that. Okay, this one comes from, this is our last one. This one comes from, who the hell is this from? I didn't get put down a name. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Whoever this is from, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. This is from this is from Connor. I remember this question. I remember this question. Okay. We're okay. Good. We're good. Connor. Well, now I'm excited because if you remember this question, it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a doozy. So he goes, guys, I was offered a trade for Aaron Rodgers in my dynasty league. So he owns Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Owns Rodgers. He said, I'm not sure what to do or whether or not to take this offer. So the trade itself is, you ready? Yes. Joe Burrow and Will Fuller for Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham. Burrow Fuller, he would get yes. to trade Rodgers and Odell. Wow, that is tough. Very tough. That's a pretty even trade. It is. I mean, well, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I had to think about this one last night. I I, I definitely had to think about this one because there's a lot of moving parts you need to consider. Is I mean, you need, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You have basically you have Three, you have two guys coming back from major injuries to their knees in Burrow and Odell. You have one guy who was suspended last year for taking PEDs and also has a much worse quarterback. Yep. Now in Wolf Fuller. Yep. And then you have one guy who is who has one foot out the door to go host Jeopardy in Aaron Rodgers. I don't see any problem with that. No, I don't. Unless I own him in fantasy football. I see no problem with that. We love Aaron Rodgers. He's a great host of Jeopardy. He can host it anytime. I mean, make it listen, if you made this trade today, it's an even trade. But I feel like if we knew if we had more clarity on Aaron Rodgers' situation later and we knew that he was either going to be coming back or he's going to be playing for another team, then this trade would be then you would not do this trade. Here's the way I think of it. And this is what I was thinking about last night as I was tossing and turning at 4 a.m. thinking about this question. You have to think about how much you like Joe Burrow. 
And if you think Joe Burrow is going to be the same guy coming back after that injury, you make this deal. You also need to think about Beckham versus Fuller. If you think Beckham is in for a bounce back year, you keep Beckham. You keep Beckham. I think my recommendation for this, go to the owner and see if they would do Rodgers for Burrow straight up. I don't think they will. I don't think I would do this because I think you're taking too much of a hit at the receiver position for it to be really worth your time. If you have another receiver, like if, if you, let's just say you have a, if you have a Debo Samuel on your roster and you want to put Debo Samuel in that deal. And if you were able to swing Rogers and Debo for Fuller and Burrow, do that. Someone of that ilk, even a Tyler Lockett is another great one. Someone in that, in that group of receivers that you could take. I just don't necessarily love going from Odell to Fuller from a, from a dynasty sense. But if you could swing Rogers for Burrow, I think that could be worth your time. Also, that's the part of this that I like is you're getting younger with your quarterback. You're trading Aaron Rodgers. You're getting younger with Burrow, but you're taking such a hit at the receiver position. Unless you have just a God group of receivers where you can afford to get rid of Odell, then you do it. But I, I, it just depends on who else is. is, I, I, I wish I had this roster in front of me so I could just see the team. I want both I, rosters in front of me. Yeah, but I just want I want this Odell Rogers roster in front of me because if he if he has enough at receiver to get rid of Odell, you do you do the trade, you do the trade because Rogers for Burrow absolutely hundred percent you do that dynasty. Yeah, but you're you're trading Odell for Fuller. That's that's the part I can't. It's too much of a gap at receiver for me. For me, right. So and, if you don't have yeah. the cover at receiver, I, I, I wouldn't do this. I would I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily do this as it's currently as it currently stands. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that, try if you if you really want to trade, do the Odo Beckham, like have Odo Beckham there too. Then I would try and negotiate for a better receiver. Yeah, or go to some Giants fan in your league and say, "Yo, what do you want for Odell?" Or what would you give me for Odell? Or if you have any other receivers on your roster that where you can make that work, or if he has any receivers on his roster other than other than Will Fuller, you know, go for it. I think, yeah, Adam, you said it. You want both rosters in front of you. I agree. I agree. Both I rosters wanna, in front of us right now would just be oof. Because then you can then you can really make some make, like have an idea of where you can what you can do with trades. Absolutely agree. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. But as it stands right now, with the information that we have, I wouldn't necessarily do this trade. No, I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But it's not like a you know kill the trade dead sort of deal. I think you can you could play with certain things that you have on your roster. But I, I just would not be giving up Odell for Fuller. That's the part that I kind of struggle with. Well, you know how there's an option on ESPN Fantasy Football to say either decline and decline and offer a counter 
you need to decline an offer a counter right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say so. I would say so. I think, you know, a counter where you're getting some like value at, well, I, I, I don't want to linger on this forever because we've already blown past, you know, anybody's uh, listening capabilities, but the argument could be made that you're getting such a huge value with Burrow with Rogers, but you're taking, you're taking the hit at receiver, but you can get more at receiver because it's easier to find those receivers, but you're getting a quarterback that you could have for the next 10 years versus Rogers. who probably has four or five good years left. I- I'm changing my answer. I would do that. Okay. I'm not going to change my answer. I'm changing my answer. I would do that. Because I, I just think, you know, again, you could find great receivers. You you could find receivers to cover that. Whereas, you know, Joe Burrow will be your quarterback for the next 10 years in, in Dynasty. I mean, yeah, I would do that. Okay. I would do that, Trev. I wouldn't necessarily. But I I see I see the logic. I would do it. I mean, if you at that point, if if he's not willing to budge, if the other if the other owner is not willing to budge, then you just say, you know what, I'll take it, because it is so close. Yeah, send 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 another offer his way, see what he says, and and you go from there. But if they're like, that's my final offer, then just take it. Yep, I agree. But I agree. If if you can work if you can work something out and get better value at receiver, then do that too. Mm-hmm. I think you're onto something. Yeah, yep. I would. I would do that deal. I would do that deal, but try and milk him. Try and milk him a little bit. Well, that was fun. I love the mailbag show. I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, we'll uh, we'll probably do in a couple of weeks because I have I have so many other questions in, the, in this mailbag. We'll do, we do a whole show strictly on mailbag. What are we doing on Friday? Uh, Friday we are going to be doing sleepers. Oh. Because I was going to say we could just do another mailbag show on Friday. I think the plan the plan is I want to do a mailbag show uh, the weekend before my birthday. That's what I want to do. Okay. So a couple weeks, everyone send in your mailbag questions. Well, I'll have them ready to go. And, you know, the 18th is the day. So mark that in your calendars. Friday, June 18th is when we will be doing mailbag. Full mailbag, the entire show. Any questions you want. Send them in, even if they're about Star Wars. If you have Star Wars questions that you want to send, go for it. We we love Star Wars here on the Basement Talk Podcast. We do love show. Star Wars. This is a pro Star Wars podcast. Absolutely. If you want to send in Star Wars questions, absolutely go for it. Send in whatever questions you want to send. We'll be covering them for an hour. We'll be just going for an hour, emptying out the mailbag on the 18th. And on Friday, we will be talking about sleepers and ADP whole bit. So that'll be... Uh, That'll be a fun show or, or, or we could try and do a mock. You know what? That'll be a surprise. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Because I think what I want to do is I actually want to do a mock where we're with people. So like go into like one of the ESPN draft rooms. And if we can get one that has like a somewhat full league, do it just to kind of see what people are doing. If not, then we just go to Fantasy Pros and we'll do it on Fantasy Pros. Not a huge deal. Okay. I, but, that's a good idea. 
we'll figure we'll figure it out. We will love figure it out. So expect expect either sleepers or expect a mock draft on Friday. All right then. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. Essentially. On Friday, like Bird said, we're either going to be doing a mock draft or we're going to be talking about sleepers and ADP. So keep your keep your eyes peeled. Keep your inboxes open for when that comes to you on Friday. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. Bye.